From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast and the Friday Roundtable here at ClassicRock981.com on the news today. .ca, and you can, of course, find us wherever it is you get your podcasts. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, misfortunes. I feel like I'm Mr. Burns running a softball team. Uh, so John Five Miller is Daryl Strawberry because he's been here the whole time. Uh, <laughs> uh, political insider Ryan Goss is here, and, and Nathan Smith was supposed to be here, but uh, he's had some things change uh, change at work uh, this week and uh, was not able to join us. And uh, Shobhana Sharma, a little bit under the weather, so she was not able to join us this week. So uh, Kelly Zigner, the CEO of the uh, United Way, uh, Elgin Middlesex, has uh, joined us uh, in the studio as well. So thank you, Ryan and Kelly, for uh, for pinch hitting for us here no on Late problem. Notice. 24 hours ago, this panel was going to be different, but that's just the way. <laughs> that's what I, happened. I, I, happened I'm okay being on the B team, yeah, so okay. no problem. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to uh, the news this week. And, and I, I went back and forth on what we wanted to do this week, and I, I had some people saying to me, like, okay, have have you have you talked about integrity commissioner stuff enough? But I, I did want to get everybody's take on that. And the London City Councilors, by a nine-six vote, which was a bit of a weird vote, uh, a nine-six vote have decided they're going to reprimand Susan Stevenson for those social media posts that included faces that were not really well blurred of Londoners who are homeless and also accused them of criminal activity, which of course uh, is against the rules and should be against the rules. Now, her uh, objection to this was that she was not given proper notice about investigation into those particular posts. Uh, I reject that for a couple of different different reasons uh, but I wanted to get what all of you thought about this so 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 Kelly when was this the right decision for council to make that they I don't think they really had much of a choice here yeah I mean I there have been a number of integrity um, commissioner challenges put forward about this particular ca- uh, counselor and mm-hmm. as you've discussed on the podcast you know some of them are opinions that maybe not everybody in the community shares and and but people have the right to do that I think as you've mentioned before crossing the line when you're implying that someone's committed crimes when they clearly haven't and with an identifiable photo and and that loss of sort of dignity for that individual and the and the homeless population um you know feeling like they can be the next target of this i think is really important and you know i've saw some banter with you and someone else online indic you know saying well it's only like the twitter people that's who cares nobody else really cares about this it doesn't matter how big the audience is this was an ethical right. boundary, I think, that was crossed that need, needed that attention put toward it. Yeah, and, and that to me, for, uh, on the, the subject of that, that Twitter thread, uh, if the integrity commissioner comes to counselors and says, we got a complaint, here's our report, and it says that this person has violated the rules, like they don't get to decide whether or not they discuss it at that point. It's just on the agenda. They get to decide whether it's worth a reprimand, but they don't get to decide whether it's on the agenda. Um, so I dis I disagree a, a little bit on this topic. So I agree with what Kelly said. I, I, in terms of when we're talking about the, the complaint, mm-hmm. what I, I, I'm not going to touch the complaint as much, uh, as, uh, as what I have a problem with is the process. I read the report. Yeah. Um, the integrity, I got to be honest with you, it's a bit of a joke. Like they, they didn't follow the proper procedure and policy. You know me, Craig, you know, I'm a procedure yes. and policy guy. You know, I live in procedure and policy. Anyone who's worked on a campaign with me, who's worked with me in my day job, who's, who's been on the board with me, I'm all about procedure and policy. They admitted in their own report that they don't follow 
the the act that governs them and that right. gives them the mandate. They talk about it being too prescript too prescriptive. I believe the one word was too legislative yeah. and quote unquote unworkable. That's not their choice to make. If they have a problem, I believe that they've muddied the waters badly and they've taken away any credibility of this report. They should have reported back to council and said, before we go forward with these complaints, we believe that your policy is unworkable. Council, you need to change it. You need to make a recommendations on how this can be updated because we can't work in the current parameters. I, I just, I, I don't believe the report is legitimate because they did not follow the process. If you take another example and go to the federal, the federal conflict of interest and ethics commissioner, and if they don't follow it by the letter of the law and a member calls a point of personal privilege and takes it to parliament, I believe you will see it voted down. There's a reason that a framework is in place. Councillor Stevenson is entitled to have that uh, uh, process followed. And, and I'm going to use one example. There's the there's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different option but you look at the jordan decision in court cases if they're not before a judge in a certain period of time it, the judge can't say well it's just not reasonable we just couldn't get it done they we've seen major things thrown out of the court system because of it just because you believe it isn't workable and you don't believe it's fair as as the integrity uh, commissioner or whatever kind of little group they've set up now to bid on all the different contracts that's your choice but you have to follow the policy in place or ask council and in consultation with the province to change it until that point in time I, I, you can't pick and choose what rules you follow because then there is inherent bias in in that report and in those findings and i think that takes away from any legitimate conversation around the action itself uh i will say this uh and and, and john will give you a crack at this uh i I, if you want to say, hey, the integrity commissioner kind of screwed up here, I, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> which, which is fair. However, from council's perspective, like I think that that vote may have gone differently if she had stood up at council and said, you know what? I shouldn't have made those posts. I deleted them. That's not going to happen again. I think that we might be having a different conversation about how that vote went. It, so like fair. so if we want to be mad about the process that's one thing yeah. but the doubling down on the issue that got us here i think left counselors with little choice as far as at least nine of them with little choice as far as where they were going to go i i just i sorry and sorry john yeah, i know, yeah, I know yeah, you're no, jumping no. here but i i disagree and i i disagree because as counsel like their job is to to follow the policy and procedure. That's what they're elected to do. There's, there is actual legislation, policy, whatever you want to call it in the municipal world that guides this process. You, you can't pick and choose when you want to follow. And here's why you can't pick and choose because what I'm concerned about is this process becoming weaponized. And then what I'm concerned about is that someone doesn't like one thing that I say and they get enough people to complain and then and then the integrity commissioners going all loosey goosey on 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 how they're going to enforce the act that's there. That act that's there is actually the guardrails, Craig. It's the guardrails that protects all of the councillors and all the elected officials, so that the process is fair and that the process is consistent. I people hear me say all the time when I look at HR matters in my previous job, I put on blinders. I look at the organization and the position and never the person. And I believe that that's what the integrity commissioner has to do too. They have to look at the issue and they have to take the person out of it. I believe that I read the report and they CTV published it. I believe 
Mm-hmm. There is inherent bias in that report, and I believe that it, it, it they didn't follow the, the act. So I believe that council should have rejected it on a procedural basis. And many people know I ran the mayor's election campaign, full disclosure, and the mayor... It, 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 I, if I had a dollar for every time he told me that he's a policy wonk and he's a procedure mm-hmm. guy, uh, I, I'd be a millionaire. And I respect him for that. But at the same time, you can't pick and choose when you follow policy just because you don't like what the outcome is going to be. Whether you agree or disagree with Councillor Stevenson did, that is secondary. The policy was not followed. And I'm sorry, I'm really passionate about this because <laughs> you have to follow the policy. Sorry, I'm done. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to give John a crack at it. So, so first, I'm going to say, I love policy, guys. I love to hear them talk. <laughs> um, I, and I, I agree with Ryan. I, I, I agree with your perspective on some things. I think the question comes, though, as a councillor, as an elected official, can we decipher whether or not that was the right or the wrong thing to do? I personally, Craig, I agree with you 100%. I think if that vote had taken place and Councillor Stevenson had stood up and said, look, I'm passionate about this. I have some issues. I have I, we we have issues in our ward, and and let's be honest. Full disclosure to her, Councillor Stevenson has done something that, on the council I sat on, we couldn't do, and that was have open conversations about some of the challenges in our city. Some of those hard conversations at the end of the day, whether you agree with her or disagree with her, we were really good as a council of burying our head in the sand and saying, mm-hmm. you know what. Oh, that's something that's illegal, so we just don't need to talk about it. The fact is, this is on the radar now for councillors, and they have to discuss it. At the same point in time, I can tell you, even when I came in as a councillor, I took training. I fully knew that I could not put a photo of someone up on social media and call them a criminal. Yeah, and I really didn't need somebody to tell me that. Because, and, and Paul Van Mierke's reason for his vote is, well, we've got we got new counselors here that didn't necessarily know this was against the rules. He didn't even mention the procedure stuff when he was no. explaining his vote. No. So that that and, and that fell flat for me too. Yeah, and 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 you know what? I think more interesting. Okay, she had a vote of nine six. Yep. When you look at that vote. I think there were some very square pegs that fell into round holes there too. I would agree with you. Yeah. 100%. you know, I think that yeah, I think sure. that's really interesting on how that vote went, and so that surprised me a little bit too. I don't disagree, Ryan. I don't disagree with you. We need a policy in place that we can adhere to and work to. That said, is this the hill you want to die on? I, I think that there. Well, I have a couple of takes on that. One, I think that if. There was something the integrity commissioner missed because there wasn't a notice or, or, or Councillor Stevenson didn't have a chance to, to say it. I would love to hear what that is. Microphone's open, and I've said this to Councillor Stevenson. Happy to have you on the podcast. Talk this out. I don't think there is anything. I think that there were posts that were made that were not permitted to be made uh, by the rules and by just morality. Uh, and now, instead of backtracking on that we're gonna go about it this way and i wish that that is not what we were doing i think that this could have been a different conversation again if the counselor had said look okay I, I, I was a little hot under the collar shouldn't have done that apologies posts are deleted those posts are still up yeah those yeah. posts are still up yeah. so yeah I, I think that if i were on council i'd be pissed off with the integrity commissioner's office for making this even a thing that we're discussing this part of it because I would want to just have this be clean, be easy, be simple, 
Yeah, exactly. You screwed up. Yeah. You screwed up. Exactly. It is their yeah. fault. And yeah. I, I, it, 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 you're bang, you just summed it up right there. It is yeah. their fault because they are they, now, like I said, they are taking away from having a legitimate debate about an issue. Um, and, and like you said, that has that there's significant problems with, right? And again, I like like I said, my whole take here is on the process. So now they have literally muddied the waters completely where no one can say, is this a legitimate report? Because it isn't. It is not a legitimate. They tell me guys, like, and you're both professionals, what report have you seen where someone who's making who's adjudicating it admits in the report they didn't follow the process because they didn't like it and they didn't deem it to be workable? It's not their decision to make. Yeah. That'd be yeah. like saying the yeah. Crown Prosecutor says, I don't like the criminal code, so I'm not going to, I'm going to try to charge John with something else. Sorry, John. Like, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. We have rules and procedures in place for a reason. And Craig, you're bang on because now we're talking about this instead of talking about another issue. And one thing I will say is I've come to know Susan as a very, uh, a, a very uh, kind person. I've yeah. come to know her as a straight shooter. I've yeah. come to know her as direct and and answers questions and doesn't shy away from having difficult conversations. Yeah. And I will say that I disagree with Susan Stevenson as much as I agree with Susan Stevenson, but we've always had a very respectful dialogue. I think that one thing I would say is that you, uh, Craig, to your point about the microphone being open because of the process being so messed up and because of her, the mayor saying on the council floor that her other alternatives are if she wants to argue about it or go to federal court or I believe it was the ombudsperson. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's, if she's getting legal advice, I don't know. But if she is, is going to say, don't say anything because on both those processes, right. you, you could damage uh, your recourse uh, going forward. Again, I come what back to the point. What recourse does she have? Sorry? What recourse does she have? Well, I think the recourse that she would have is that they found that they erred in the process, right? Okay. Again, specifically then, then, about so the process, not just, the issue. I'm let's not just talking say, about the Let's issue. say they erred in the process. They did. Like, there's no, there's not okay. an if. <laughs> okay. Let, let, let's just, and, and yeah. then somebody finds that they've erred in the process. Yeah. The reprimand goes away? What What Pro changes? Well, not, well, that's the whole thing nothing. about a reprimand. Like yeah. nothing changes. Exactly. Like, yeah. The reprimand is yeah. nothing, right? Like right. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. And this whole thing. system is a problem. And, and 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 the deputy mayor said at the, at the meeting, he's like, if we were talking about this report and we were talking about let's take ninety days pay, I'm I have a different opinion about this. Mm -hmm. But I think it should have been very clear to everyone involved. This does rise level reprimand. No, like again, ninety days pay is essentially the 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 max that you can throw here. I, I think that you can say. Look, I, a layman, a layperson, whoever it is, can look at this and say, this very clearly violates the rules. I don't need a report to tell me it violates the yeah. rules. I'm going to do a reprimand. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that decision making. Yeah. 90 days pay, I think, is a very different conversation. I don't know if you agree with that, Kelly, but that's that's how I would approach it if I were a counselor. Yeah, that, I would agree. And I think part of this whole thing is what makes people so cynical about politics in general, right? When you have processes and policies not being followed, you have systems that actually don't really create any accountability. Um, like, yeah. you know, what what's a reprimand, really? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if you were a paid position somewhere, you know, uh, pushing pencils at a desk somewhere, the it would look a lot different what the oh. recourse would be from your employer so it is it's a little frustrating and i think that it just sort of continues to chip away and erode people's faith in in politics and and the work that our council does and one other thing that i'll say to the importance of why a process is so important is that in my day job like there's complaints processes right 
in in as you know, I said on the police services board, there's complaint processes, several different channels yeah. that you can go through if you have you know negative interactions with the police or they, what you perceive to be negative interactions. And there's always checks and balances in place to make sure that those procedures are, are fair, consistent, and that they are followed. Decisions are made. Uh, notification periods all these sort of things it's very important it's very pres prescriptive so that it's always fair and there's no real wiggle room in there that doesn't exist with with this process yeah. it should it, it should um yeah. and the and the fact is is that the fact that the the person who's making the decision or people i don't know how this firm works but that are that is making the decision admits that they're not following the process because well we believe it should just be a guiding principle that's not your decision to make no. like yeah. like you need to change your i don't think the rfp when they were hired said be please be our integrity commissioner and just kind of use this as kind of like maybe shoulda coulda woulda no it's enforce the policy that we have if you think it's broken come yeah. to us and say we are pausing all investigations because all of these complaints deserve to stand on their merit we need to we need to be fair to the complainant and we need to be fair to the person yeah. who who's being accused of of breaking the rules so you need to fix this policy first so that we can properly do our job yeah not just make billable hours and come out with something and say well we did it our way and here's your here's your result would the outcome have changed craig no i don't no. believe i want to be clear yeah. i don't believe it would have okay like i want to be very very clear about that but the fact is rules are rules not rules are rules when it's convenient for you and not convenient for someone else or it's convenient for your cause. And that's what I'm seeing, and we've talked on this podcast before, the dialogue is shifting on that. And we're, we're getting very territorial and we're getting in our camps and we're not moving off it. And you know what, to your point, I really do believe if people sat down and said, let's have a constructive dialogue with Councillor Stevenson, let's say why this is a problem and have that constructive feedback instead of going attack mode yeah. right away. I believe you would find with Councillor Stevenson, because I've seen it, I've had those conversations with her, a willingness to say, I didn't look at it that way. I will delete those posts, right? Yeah. And, and, and But like, you know. then where, where's that been since September though? I, and I, I haven't been privy to those conversations, and, and, so and I don't that, know. That be, so, like but it's the, a fair, the, that's a fair point. The posts have been up for three months at yep. this point. Yeah. I would, and, have, I would have personally taken them down. Yeah. Like the, I would, if yes. I did that, I would have said I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. Kelly, yeah. you raise a really good point. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Let me delete them, and then we can have more conversations behind the scene. Yes, I would have done that myself. Yeah, and 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 that to me uh, tells a lot of the tale here. And again, if you don't like the process and you want to say, hey man, the, the integrity commissioner really screwed this up, Craig. Uh, sure, that's fine with me. I just don't know how. Do did we need a report to tell us that? what happened here was against the rules. Well, this is the debate. Do and, we even need an integrity and, commissioner oh, and, for something like this? And, yeah. Right. And there like, you go. Yeah. At the very least, we've had a couple of integrity commissioners in a row here where I kind of look at some of what's gone on and kind of raise my eyebrow a little bit. So if I were the integrity commissioner, my response to this would not have been, well, your rules are not unworkable. If my, if I were the integrity commissioner, my simple word response would have been, look, we told, we told Councillor Stevenson, we were investigating a social media post. We sent her this report saying, hey, here's what we're doing. And we gave her uh, opportunities for feedback on this date, this date, and this date. And they did those things. I wouldn't have said anything about the rules being unworkable. Exactly. I just would have said she had lots of opportunity to give feedback. She declined to do so. And when they did yeah. it, they made the report, uh, uh, they made the report, it's no longer legitimate. Right. As soon as they did that, they yeah, basically, uh, yeah. and, they basically and, said, and here's and my report, I We would part ways on that point as yeah. far as the legitimacy yeah. of the report, just because like, the base facts are still... The, the base facts, facts yeah. are, but the process wasn't right. followed is why it's legitimate. Again, I'm all about... Pro, again, yeah. <laughs> I sound like a nerd, but all the process here yeah. and rules, and and so that it's fair for the next person that has a complaint. And so that, that's what I wanted to ask you all about. 
does something like this, do we think, come up again? Because look, this will probably not be the last integrity commissioner complaint of this council. There are complaints all the time, to be clear, all the time. The integrity commissioner finding that someone has violated the code of conduct, however, relatively rare, although we've had that happen a few terms in a row here. So are we thinking that we're going to see a lot of these just because of the way this has turned out? Is it going to be kind of kind of a political sideshow, do you think, John? I think so. Yeah. I, th I think you're going to see more. I, I, you know what? I, again, I think it's a tool now that people see, right? It's a tool there that people see. I can put this complaint in. And I think you're going to see more and more as time goes on. Mm -hmm. um, I think the easiest way to deal with them from a counselor perspective is to engage. Yeah. I think you engage, you go through the process. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of times once you do that, I think as Ryan says, a lot of times that takes care of the problem at the end of the day. That engagement piece, I think when you choose not to engage, I think that's when the problems tend to erupt. Kelly, what do you think about how the, this gets handled going forward? Yeah, I mean, Ryan said, you know, about the process being weaponized, and that's that's a concern, right? It's sure. that becomes a resource suck and takes uh, all the air out of the room on the issues that we should be talking about, um, and it turns into you know the boy who cried wolf, right? Because there's just so many of them, and then you're not actually paying attention to um, the important issues. So, yeah, it is a concern for sure, and and I think um, that that engagement piece is critical. Right. If you have critics, um, you know, engage with them and and uh, you know have a conversation about um, about what people are challenged by. Uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit here, and I, I want to talk about the library situation. And they have been hacked, uh, some sort of cyber attack. Not great, and. I don't know what that means to them at budget time, but it's going to be tight uh, around budget time for sure, for a variety of reasons. Does this just show organizations need to be a little bit, uh, a little bit more on the ball when it comes to cybersecurity, Kelly? Is that kind of the the lesson that we get from this? And, and Enbridge had a similar thing happen this week too. Yeah, it's a conversation we continuously have at our organization. I'm sure you do. We have yeah. donor information, uh, very important for us to secure that. I think all organizations have to look at this as a when it happens, not if it happens. I mm. mean, every month I get a notice from a bank, an insurance company, a retailer that says, we've been breached, here's your free credit counseling <laughs> to watch your accounts, right? It is happening more and more and more. I know large institutions who are keeping a stash of Bitcoin uh, to be able to deal with like the ransomware attacks. I know um, it is, is something organizations really have to have uh, their eye on. We, you know, carry cyber insurance now. That's something new within the last five years. And that includes everything with like dealing with the financial impacts of it, but also the PR risks, also the, you know, communicating with all of your stakeholders, all of those pieces. So my counsel to any organization, big or small, is to be looking into what what those insurance uh, options are for you because it's not a when it's not an if it's a when and that is why kelly is the ceo right there i like rules too exactly right there and i'm so glad to hear you say that as someone who leads one of our most important organizations in the community yeah. because that is just that is so important because the fact of the matter is craig a lot of people are, are uh, asleep at the switch when it comes to this a lot of people are saying it will not happen to me who would want it who would and, want to take over the library right yeah. right and, and, and 
be clear, clear, I don't know what the Me library neither. did, to be and, honest and with you. And, and, and I wanted to be very clear about yeah, that. I have no they idea. may have taken every precaution, it, but yeah. sometimes these That's cyber right. attackers are real clever. Or they may have taken no precautions at all. I truly have no idea where on the range it falls. But yeah, but yeah, where, but, like, where, and again, if they if they did, then it, it's even worse. And I feel for them even more if they didn't. Yeah. I, 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 I. I, to what Kelly said, it's just everyone has to start making the shift. And it will, that is, a, I think, a like a, a shift that's going to take time and it's going to take, you know, a real attitude change and a mentality shift to, to start dealing with issues ar- around that. But it's the world that we live in. Like I was talking to um, uh, an in law who works uh, for um, a, a company that deals in electrical parts. And this company is looking at these type of issues. And I, and I was kind of a bit taken aback. And he he's like, he's like, because he's like, if you, if we're talking about this after the, the oh, fact, yeah. he's like, I don't have a job. So he's like, I'm looking at this now. So uh, when companies as small as that are looking at it, then big, big organizations, no matter the field they're in, nonprofit, for-profit, universe, you know, um, education systems, they, they all have to be looking at it because they're ruthless out there and they're oh. coming for you. And, and the, yeah. the more confidential information, the more, more, uh, you know, more sensitive uh, um, propriety informa- uh, information you have, the better. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, I mean, to me, sorry, this is the new bank heist, right, of the 2000s. Yeah. This yeah. is this is exactly what this is at the end of the day. And I think part of the challenge here, too, is when you're looking at these cyber criminals, these are the same people that create the sites, right? So they've got the information. They've got it right in front of them. They can, they can figure out what they want to do. I think the biggest challenge for a place like the library, I think the library, you look at the library, it's like one of those weakest links, right? I look at a library and I go, they are going to have information, but how valuable is that information? Not super valuable to them, but super valuable to their users at the end of the day. So I I just think when you look at libraries, libraries are one of those weak links of will they pay, won't they pay at the end of the day to get that control back. And you figure the library really, when you look at it, that uh, website that they have is less than a year old now. That was a completely new designed website. I just think this is something that, again, big or small, you have to be on top of constantly. I think the other issue is always the human element because most of the time it's not, you know, some wise hacker somewhere yeah. like going after someone who clicks something they should. Well, didn't you say employee? on social media it was like who clicked the Facebook link? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly well, the, I, what it is. I played on the air the clip of uh, Pam from The Office getting a computer hacked because she tried to buy a celebrity sex tape. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> not sure if it happened. That's usually but the I, case, yeah. Yeah. right? And the, your biggest vulnerability is typically your employees and so, you know, we do the random things, you know, to uh, see if people will click on the link or not. Yep. Um, and, and I don't know if that you have it at your organization, but at our place, we have like, you know, fake ones of those. And yeah, if yeah. you click on one, then you've got to do a quiz as to yeah. why you clicked on a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I am undefeated in that realm. Some of my coworkers, <laughs> not so much. But I uh, I have not had to do the uh, you're a bad boy for clicking this link <laughs> quiz ever in my life. So knock on wood. That I never have to. Just don't open emails. You have a problem. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Craig, why didn't you respond to this email? Thought it was spam. It's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it, it just everybody's got to be aware of it. And yeah. and you it, like you you're right. It's it's not like you know some brilliant computer mind. Usually usually it's someone who sends somebody an email and then they click on the wrong link and give their information to the wrong person and then problem sitting. 
Yep. Craig, to your point though about is it going to be more budget time? I think it, 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 it is, yeah. and yeah. that's a problem because yeah. there there isn't enough money. Eighty two business cases. Yep. Um, and you've I've said it on your show before. Like I believe right now our city's in a crisis point on a, a few things when it comes to mental health and addiction, homelessness, and safety. And that is where the lion's share of our resources need to go, uh, and uh, for at least for this multi-year budget cycle. And and I, I it, it comes back to the 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 want the want to have versus the need right. to have. Yeah. And, and right now, I for for the library, I think I think they're going to be hard pressed to get additional funds for it. And, and I, in this I think, case, though, the if the need to have is computers that people can't hack, that's a need to have. Yeah, right? and and and, yeah. and, and yeah. I think then there's deeper questions there of should the city be looking at you know a, a more of a central IT system? What does that yeah. mean? How can we ensure that like for instance, London Transit it doesn't have a similar thing happen? I have no idea about their their systems, yeah. but but how can how can the city then take on EMS, that responsibility? EMS health unit, everything that the city funds. Exactly. Like, again, I, I, that might be more complicated than we're talking about. I'm sure it would be. It probably is. I but have no is idea. It, but <laughs> but can you find some savings there because of that? And, and and the answer might be no, to be clear. But I do wonder if that's a conversation that's being held right now. You mentioned the 82 business cases, and yeah, there's a lot of business cases that would be cool to do. Uh, do we have a quarter million a year for Pillar? I'm not so sure. And like, I won't ask Ryan to comment on this, but do we have a nearly half a million dollars for a new lab for London Police? I don't know if I don't know if that's what we have cash for right now. I'm all for hiring a bunch of new police officers because I think we're a little bit behind the eight ball there. But the half million for the lab, uh, I'm not so sure. I so, know our police board yeah. chair would be happy to have a conversation with you who speaks on behalf of the London <laughs> Police Services yeah, Board. Yeah, well, so. Ali, Ali has my number. Yes. Uh, but I'm not so sure about that. So th- there's going to be a lot of things that come to council that they're going to want to do. And if the library says, oh, by the way, sorry about this, but we kind of need to redo our entire computer system because these hackers cleaned ours out. That's going to be an awkward conversation, John. Oh, very much so. And, and I think part of the challenge is, and when you look at the number of business cases too, you look around the horseshoe, the number of people that can dissect those numbers at the end of the day, there are a lot of numbers there and it's mm-hmm. going to take a lot of time, but it also takes people who can understand the math really, really well at the end. And I think you know, you've got a four-year budget coming in now. You've got councillors who have made commitments. I think this is going to be a really difficult time for people to say no. Ryan, back to your point. What do we need? And what's our responsibility as a municipality to take on? What's not our responsibility as a municipality to take on? And what do we have to, what do we do what, when, when we want to go to the feds or we want to go to the province and say, no, this isn't us. This is you. We need it, but this is on this is on your hands at the end of the day. And I think that's going to be a really big thing because I think I, I don't see us getting out of here right now for six and a half, seven percent, I think is is probably going to be about where we're going to stand. And I think that's cutting a lot of stuff. And and I I think you're absolutely right. And frankly, for me, it's it's now the foundation of the house is crumbling it's falling down and 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 if if we don't if we don't get in there and and reinforce it quickly it's going to come completely down let's be honest you call 911 you like let's be honest you don't know if they're coming you don't know if the ambulance is coming if they're in a code zero or code black i forget exactly what they call it you don't know on a priority two call or priority three call where what that what the the police response is going to be because there's 150 calls in the queue one thing i will say about the uh, about the London Police Services Board budget is that 
it is a the, the budget is attached to a whole large plan it's not just one item here one item there right where some of these business cases craig are right the the uh, the london police service budget is a whole new plan coming from the chief of a whole new vision yep. of how public safety is done so i, I want to be i don't want people to get hung up on one little thing in that budget because all part of a much larger plan that i'll let someone else explain that because i'm not here speaking on behalf of the board to be very clear um uh that said, I think to your point, John, like it, I think those budget meetings just has to be very, cons again, back to consistency and fairness. A lot of quick no's because this isn't what, what we need to do now. And I, I, I'd love to know your thoughts, Kelly, being in the non-for-profit sector, because oftentimes you're, you guys are fighting for every dollar possible. So uh, like you know a lot of the challenges our community are facing. Yeah, um, two points I want to make. Um, one, you know, I was talking to a mayor in another municipality who is very focused on housing and homelessness, and they're doing a really great job of it. And they said it's because it's about it comes down to priorities. This is our number one priority for council. Does this mean that you're not getting a splash pad in your new subdivision? One hundred percent you're going to wait because this is the biggest priority in our community. So I think that's really instructive and it's really important to your point. Like it's the needs to have and, and um, the want to have and, and finding where we can prioritize some of those spends that will be really critical. And then just back to the library itself and it, you know, digital is the cost of doing business now. And yeah. um, from the charity perspective, right, this is what everyone calls overhead. If you want you to give a donation and you want to be safe and secure and your information protected, you know, that's overhead. That's right. um, I have to pay for that insurance. A few cents of every I, dollar is yeah. going to go to that. Otherwise, yeah. I'm OK to, with that. I have yep. to pay for a credit card company to, to process those things. I have to pay for a d database that's safe and secure. So mm -hmm. all of those things are the cost of doing business. I pine for the days when the little old ladies used to show up with a hundred bucks at our front door. <laughs> was a lot simpler, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but those days are, are gone. No one can hack a stack of cash. No. It is. It isn't cheap. Like it isn't cheap for small business. It isn't cheap for anybody. So that there's, I think there was this belief. You know, it's make your your credit card donation online. It's it's faster. It's cheaper. It is faster. It's definitely not cheaper. Right. And, and Craig, on, on one thing that Kelly was just saying there, I think what she just talked about, the, the other mayor from the other community, what you described to me is leadership. Mm -hmm. It's leadership. It's about making some people know without question mad because they're not getting yep. their splash pad or, or whatever the shiny pony might be that, that, that is important to them. But that is going to take leadership and that's going to take not wanting to be everyone's friend and it's going to make a lot of difficult decisions for the mayor and council and they're going to need to stand up and have those really really difficult conversations and john to your point there were a lot of promises made in the election campaign i may have been uh a, an architect <laughs> in one of those uh platforms with some other people uh for, uh for the mayor i know there were a lot of promises yeah. made and ideas that being said, a lot has changed since that last municipal election over a year ago, oh, yeah. and the, our community is only getting worse. Like we can we can't yeah. bury our head in the sand. It's just it's it, we're we're in trouble. Well, and 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 I think that goes to you know when you look at those commitments, one of the biggest ones was safety and security, and I think that's a commitment that we can all get behind at the end of the day. But I think Kelly, further to your point, we also have to become creative, and part of that yeah. creativity comes around. Hey, you want a splash pad? Not a problem. I want to put up a 25-story 20, tower. By the way, I'm going to put up a 25-story tower, but I'm going to give you the money for a splash pad over there. I can get my head around that. So I think that there are creative solutions that we have here, and I think it's looking outside that box sometimes and, and grabbing and taking hold of those creative solutions 
And I know, I know we have one very famous person downtown here that calls those bribes. Those aren't bribes at the end of the day. What those are, they are at called the end of the day, building. those yeah. are community building. That's exactly it. But it's how we get some of the things we want in those tougher times at the end of the day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. And how do we move that forward? Yeah, it's 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 going to be very difficult for them to balance the the, the wants and the needs, as as Ryan was saying, because like the safety element of this, there's there's a need there, and I ha- I've had Jesse Roger on this uh, roundtable, and I've had Jennifer Dunn on this roundtable, and what they have said is at our organization, uh, and their their organizations are, are doing great work protecting women in this community. Sometimes we call the police, and there just isn't anybody to come. That's a problem. That that needs to be addressed. It is unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a sorry, yeah. Greg. Dinner, right? yeah. It's not just a problem. It, yeah. It's unex. It, it is a it is a, a dereliction of duty to our community on, yeah. on the leaders on the leaders uh, uh, side. Right. Yeah. I, I I'm not going to blame the frontline officers. There's only so many, and they can only respond to so many. Calls. And this goes back we several councils. Here, Absolutely. Yeah. As far as oh, uh, like this trying is a to dereliction get... of duty for decades. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, no it's, it's okay. It goes back several councils, and if you look at the cost of policing per capita, London is very clearly significantly at the the low end in this province. You're going to get it going. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. However, uh, I think this is something the province should be solving by having more mental health counselors and have them be able to respond to some uh, things that police don't have to do. But that's uh, we, we, we've been down this road in this podcast where we don't need to do that. The key thing is, though, it's going to be a very, very difficult budget cycle. And there's a lot of things that you like about the four-year budget, a lot of things that make sense as far as doing this four years at a time. But... One of the times when it's a little difficult is when A, times are tight, and B, like, you have to, like, you know, plan out the next four years, and that's a lot of work coming up in the next few months. I think it's a huge amount of work, and you know what? I will say I give uh, Councillor Pelosa a lot of credit. I think Councillor yeah. Pelosa runs a pretty tight ship when it comes to work running that budget. At the same point in time, I think one of the biggest challenges that council's going to have is they've got their strap plan. Yeah. Their strap plan talks very, very little about the economy. It talks more about the fluff. And you know what? Without a strong economy, you don't get fluff. It's not there. It's not there to take care of. And I do think that's going to be a real challenge for them at the end of the day. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up uh, the conversation here. And that is a story that uh, the folks over at, uh, at CBC did. And advocates are saying that the way that the province is doing funding for transit for people who are on ODSP or Ontario Works is going to change and that has difficulty presented all over it and, and, and Kelly it feels like we're changing the game on folks that are needing social assistance all the time yep. I've had enough of that <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, I've had enough of that in a big way and, and we're also by the way doing that to people who uh, are on a social assistance that, that, that just is not nearly enough to survive on in 2023 yeah, it's a little bit mind-boggling. Um, you know, we always hear the narrative of people just need to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, you can't really do that when you don't have boots. Yeah. And really, they're taking the boots away um, with with this. And the other piece I think is really frustrating from, you know, watching just even as a citizen in the community and not in my position is, I think it's probably a case of Pennywise pound foolish. So they're saying, oh, well, we're going to save 40 bucks on this guy because they only work part-time or whatever. But now they've got to go for meetings with their caseworker all the time. So where's the savings really going to happen? Um, you know, give people the dignity to make their choices. And and transportation is so critical. If you live at the corner of Horton and William, where do you go grocery shopping? 
like within walking distance. You don't. You don't yeah. there, no. You don't. So if you don't have a bus pass and you're a single person on ODSP making seven hundred, getting $733 a month, good luck to you, um, trying to find a place to live. And then now you don't have transportation and you need to eat. Where are you going? You're going to the corner store yeah. um, because that's all the only place you can get to. So, um, you know, I, it's very concerning and frustrating Kelly, and do you want to run for office like i know how i know how to run campaigns and john knows thing about too but yeah. you know i think you'd be great like oh couldn't have said it better myself yeah. that was wow well yeah. and remember what i just said a couple minutes about, about people being cynical about politics yeah. <laughs> you may be one of the people yeah. well, well and i'll say craig i gotta give a lot of credit to you because this is actually an issue that you've brought up time and time yeah. and time again on your podcast and and whenever you have the opportunity to to talk about it you do and we are letting people the province is letting people down on odsp yes. it's yeah. it's it, it just it's unacceptable and i will say that uh you i've been a lot of people are surprised i've given premier ford a lot of kudos on a lot of things on this show um i, I always give credit where credit's due and i give criticism when it's due and it's due here and i thought paul hubert's comments were uh, oh, quite along the same lines as as kelly's just were in the in the cbc article where he's like you're also you're taking away that dignity because yeah. it's not just about getting them to work or getting them to their appointment. Yeah. Like, what if they need to go to their kid's school? What if they need to get the kid to see Santa Claus this time of year? What if they need to get to a doctor's appointment? Like, it's just like we we need to remember that like you know it's just like cutting every little tiny thing um, and, and just to try to save a buck. I'm all about efficiencies. I'm all about you know doing what you need to do, but. Uh, mobility is, is is not a nice to have it's 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 an essential and and we, we need to make sure to your point the number that people receive on ODSP I, I, I just you saw my like face just because it, it hits every time I hear that number yeah. I could never do it like I just couldn't so it's, like we need to to take that away now it's just it's just it's just rubbing salt into a wound and, and, and I know the province's argument would be well no we're just uh, putting this here and this there and, and shifting this around why do we why are we moving it around at all why, why are, are we, we giving this, more why are we giving why more are we, like, yeah, yeah. If, we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna make moves here how about we increase the number exactly yeah. and, and that was and I you've all heard me say this before <laughs> that was one of the things that drove me nuts about the 2022 provincial campaign is that like other than the green party no one really talked about that or the very least talked about it in a way that 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 really would have done something about the problem the ndp has essentially dragged the position kicking and screaming and i think that's why they've seen some leadership changes because of that amongst other things but it just felt as though there was an opportunity to talk about what i in my estimation that's the biggest issue in this province right now and we had an election and it was barely mentioned. Yeah. I think it was only mentioned because you, in locally here, yeah. because yeah. you actually, as a, as a, uh, I, in the media, made it, I, made it I, an issue. I personally berated several leaders. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, say absolutely. berated. Yeah. You, you, kept, you kept them honest, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And, and to Ryan's point about giving credit where credit's due or not credit, but this is not just a Ford government. Oh, no. Like, no. This is, goes back decades. We got it. Ginty, Eves, everybody. What I would say about it is, Mike Harris started a bonfire and every premier since has either thrown gas on it or had a fire extinguisher and not cared to use it. One of the two. I, I would agree yeah. with that. And, and I think too, back to everybody's point, to me, it takes away the dignity for a person. Yeah. The opportunity to be able to say, hey, I pulled myself up. I got to work. I got a job. And I also say we have an underutilized transit system. So what we're doing is we're stopping people who need the transit system from using an underutilized transit system at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense in, in my point. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, I well, the, the transit system is another conversation, and and I think that once we get into budget talks, we're going <laughs> to have a conversation about the transit system, and and that's another one like 
London police. Whereas you look at it and on a per capita basis, it's dramatically underfunded compared yeah. to other municipalities. So I, I think we have some interesting conversations coming up about that too. And this is why, good uh, city councillors, you don't put uh, budget items on the back burner because these things pile up and get worse and worse. And all of a sudden when times are not so great and you've uh, kind of been shortchanging different organizations, these are the messes you find yourselves in. Well, yeah. and just to John build on John's point too about what he said, because I really want to hammer this home. Why this is going to get messy is because we're only a year out and change from the last municipal election and there were a lot of promises oh. promises made in those campaigns there's a lot of uh, uh counselors who are going to be hearing from you know their supporters and people who got them you know helped get them to where they are saying hey what about me what about me what about my what about this project what about that and it's just it's going to be super super difficult i remember uh, in the campaign, actually, she's been on your show several times. Sarah Browning was one of the lead architects on the platform of the mayor's campaign when we were running it. And she used to always say, don't, let's just not bite off more than we can chew. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone's come with all these ideas. We had a great consultation process. And she was actually, she kept saying that, just reminding people, like, we can't be all things to all people. And that's, Craig, to build off what you just said to counselors, that's what I got, have to remind you, remind counselors of. You cannot be all things to all people in this cycle. When times are good, start throwing that cash around. Great. If you have surpluses and, mm -hmm. and everything's, yeah. uh, you know, lots of reserves and everything's going well, fantastic. And, but John's right, too. They have to look and start saying, this isn't for us. Other levels of government need to fund it. But what is bothering me, John, is that a lot of them are saying, this is us, but the other levels of government should fund it, too. And that bothers me as equally because there's only one taxpayer. Yeah. yeah, 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 uh, and and you can't fund ODSP and OW off property taxes. No, no, can't no. be done. Absolutely, can't be done. No. Uh, we will have to uh, lead the conversation there because we are uh, running up against it for studio time here. But thank you so much to Kelly and to John and Ryan for coming and doing the show. This is the last. Craig Needles podcast episode of 2023. I'm off until the new year. So thank you very much for all the listens, downloads, subscriptions, reviews, and all that stuff over the course of the year. Uh, we uh, it, It's just been a really, really cool community that we've built with this, and, and we're having such fun with it. So thank you so much for, for making it what it is, because it wouldn't be that if people weren't listening and interacting with us and, and telling us what they think about the podcast. So thank you very much for that. Have a great Christmas. Have a great new year. We'll talk to you in 2024. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network.